Welcome to Full Scope, a podcast of two guys in their 20s getting their, their perspective on the games that we love, headlines in pop culture, and the meaning about it all. I'm your host, Winsor Burns, along my counterpart, Savon Morris. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good, man. How's everything? It's going pretty good. And for this episode, as usual, we have a lot of topics to get into, and obviously some thoughts on uh, the, the current run of March Madness games happening uh, as we're getting into the lead eight and then the uh, final four next weekend. And also some thoughts on NFL free agency. And in the second half, we're going to do some album reviews. But to start off with just St. Peter's impressive run and just thoughts on their upset against Purdue. Um, last night, uh, the, the 15th seed was able to pull off another major win, 67 to 64. And they've just been able to exhibit excellent defense. And they were just immediately able to neutralize Purdue from the start. Um, they're also top 25 in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. And they're number seven in the country in effective field goal percentage allowed with uh, opponents shooting only 29.3% from the three-point distance. Um, but what have kind of been your thoughts on St. Peter's unpredictable and surprising run and just also how they can match up with UNC tomorrow? Ooh, man, this is going to be uh, it's going to be a good matchup between them and UNC uh, North Carolina. Yeah. But just on paper, you don't you look at St. Peter's, <laughs> they don't look like a, a team that should be. They don't stand out. Yeah, they don't stand <laughs> at all. You look at their percentage at 28 percent from three point line. They're 38% from the field goal. Um, you know, it's just little things like that, but they play great team basketball, fundamentally sound. Their head coach has been in this situation before, I think back in 2001, him going uh, going far in the, uh, the tournament, but, you know, coming up short, obviously. But just this team is fundamentally sound. They don't yes. they don't jump out at you. They don't have a, a number one guy that's like, okay, oh, you know, he's the guy. I think everybody splits the minutes. The one guy who gets the big minutes is Matthew Lee, but he only averaged seven points. So it's just like there's no standout guy. Like, oh, he's getting drafted. It's a collective. Yeah, it's a collect, And that's what you love about basketball. You see teams yeah. that's not supposed to be. That's what I love about, like, the tournaments, man. March yeah, March Madness is crazy because you get St. Peter's, who is the 15th seed and beat. beat uh, 15th seed and having going this far in like 10 to 15 mm-hmm. years. So you be, you look at their roster, you look at what they're capable of doing, man. It's, you know, like St. Peter's, like I had, you know, I'm big on Miami um, in oh, the yeah, tournament. Sure. I'm big on Miami. I've watched them throughout the year. But you look at St. Peter's. And they're playing Kansas tomorrow. Exactly. And this is going to be a good game, bro. That's going to be Got some shit. good games. There's going to be some crazy really games game, tomorrow. Bro. I cannot wait for tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, man, what, what St. Peter's has been able to accomplish in beating Purdue, and you, we got some big names on Purdue. So it's, it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a difference of what March Madness and what the tournament can bring for these, these smaller teams, especially St. Peter's out of New Jersey. But hats off to them being fundamentally sound and they're cohesive. Everybody plays fundamental basketball. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, when you have a, a team like like UNC, they, they were able to have a, a close win against UCLA. Mm. Um, and and obviously, like this, this is the type of game where, when especially like Caleb Love had thirty points and eleven to twenty four from the field. When you have a, a, a team that has a lot of talented players and they're able to step up, step up in, in a late in late clutch scenarios, how do you feel as though? Uh, like what does St. Peter have to do specifically, you think, for them to have a shot against a, a team of UNC where they kind of have like a, a myriad of players who can score at a really high level? Do what they do. Like, do what the get you got you here. Play good fundamentally basketball. Yeah. Play great good feats. Play good defense. UNC, North Carolina, can be beat. They're 27 and out overall. Yeah, they're on the, a three-game winning streak, but they can be beat. Just play good basketball, good defense, and you can make it make it a game. You see, it came down to the wire with them and Purdue. Guy had a, a easy shot, well not easy shot, but a clear shot, a three point, and it you know hit the rim and then it, it went off. So you put yourself 
in a position and have a great second half. You look at all the games St. Peter's, uh, you know, won against these big-time teams. They had an incredible second half. They outscored, uh, produced by seven points. They outscored, I think, the team before them by 10 points. So they always have a good second half. Just play. Just do what got you here. Don't do anything differently. Eat the same meal you did before the other game. Keep it exact, <laughs> exactly the same. Don't change anything. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, but before we get to Houston, obviously, like, the biggest upset that, that we've had for, for this tournament just happened this past Thursday mm-hmm. with Gonzaga losing to, to Arkansas. Yeah. And, you know, them them trailing at the break for the fifth time this season and then just never being able to find that that same shooting touch. Um, in, in terms of just the struggles that they had in that, in terms of, like, not being able to be as efficient from the shooting range or from the three-point uh, uh, three perimeter yeah. and them just not kind of finding that groove that they naturally do. Like, what were kind of your thoughts on how Arkansas was able to neutralize them and Gonzaga, you know, again, uh, not being able to advance as far as we thought they would? Five out of 21, <laughs> 23% from the three-point three point line. You live by the three, you die by die the by three. three. That's the game. We we always made fun of Houston. The Houston Rockets where they had 27 <laughs> consecutive three-point <laughs> shots. 27 consecutive. <laughs> Miss. At some point, we need to get to the rim. At some point, we need to not try to shoot our way out of a slump. We're 5 or 21. Yeah. They were 37% from the field goal, and they were uh, 75% from the three throws. Create fouls. Make them foul you. Make Finish at the rim. Get the big men's involved. I think they went away from that. They didn't get beat by much, 74-68. But at the end of the day, you have to realize the three-point shot is not working. So <laughs> what are we going to do? <laughs> we know we're 75% from the free throw line. We know these guys are sending us over the free throw line. Why are we continue mm-hmm. to shoot threes? So, and I think their second half was kind of sloppy, obviously, with the three-point shooting. But, man, they, they, they got outside of themselves. You have to settle things down. That's when your port guard, point guard comes in handy. Run some plays. Get, get the big guys involved. Get some slashers involved. You, you can't always shoot threes. You can't always shoot yourself out of slump. So, I mean, the Gonzaga, they, they live by the three. They died by the three. For sure. Who who has who do you think has the edge with Arkansas Duke? Ooh, I mean, we, no. we 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 want Coach K is trying to trying to go on that last run. <laughs> Ooh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna give it to Duke. I think. Okay. Yeah. I think Th- this young team is stepping up. Like they're really growing up before us. I, I think so too. And you look. I, I'm just saying that because of Arkansas, they're not good at the free throw line. They're mm. they're decent at the uh, at the three point line. But they know how to. They they're good in the field. They're forty over forty percent against Gonzaga, and they they know how to create shots inside. But if yeah. you foul them, get them from the free throw line, they're going to miss that game. They were nine of fourteen. I think it was sixty four percent. But I think Duke has a higher percentage of free throws, a higher percentage of three points, a higher percentage of field goals. So I think Duke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're a young team, but this is I think the Cinderella story. You know, Coach K coming out last season. They're not going to let Arkansas beat them and, you know, end mm-hmm. the season on that note. But I'll give it to, I'll definitely give it to Duke. This Duke. Yeah, definitely. Um, and now interesting to, to Houston advancing past Arizona and just thoughts on how far they can go. Um, for Houston, they're, you know, just coming off of a 12-point win um, versus the number one seed. And, you know, they're actually missing their the, their best player in, in the form of guard, Marcus mm-hmm. Sasser. And it's just an extremely athletic team that plays with a ton of energy from start to finish. And the best scores that they have are, without a doubt, you know, Kyler Edwards and Fabian White Jr. Yeah. Uh, Edwards. But 
in terms of Houston just being so good at creating second chance opportunities, because yes. that's really a, a, one thing that stands out to me. Like they always give themselves more opportunities to score. How, like, like, what are your thoughts on that? And just also how stout their defense has been. You really took the words right out of my mouth, bro. They, <laughs> second chance, and they moved the ball around. 12 yep. assists, and they blocked the ball. Six blocks, five steals. Um, they were shooting 68% from the free throw line, 45% for three-point, which is incredible. That's incredible. And then 46% from the field goal. Like, those are the stats you want, and that's, that's how— That's all you want. Yeah. That's all you can want. And that's why you beat a team by 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you have a crazy um for a second half. In the first half, you have a you cra- a crazy first half. I think they played. They just had that. They had that 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 groove. And when you create second second chance opportunities, it, it gives you you know it gives your your shooters another shot at the ball. It gives your guys a tip and in. It's it's a lot of things that go into the factor. But having a forty five percent from the three point line, it definitely helps. And it goes back to what I just said. You live by the three. You die by the three. But with Houston, I think they can create their own shots in um inside the arc. Obviously, if they're shooting over 45% from the field goal. Definitely. Now, now I just want to know, are you are your hurricanes gonna your team, your your Miami Hurricanes, <laughs> are they gonna get past Kansas? That's your team. <laughs> I think they can. I, bro, I'll, I think they they got a shot. They got a legitimate shot. You look what they did to Auburn. Number two Auburn mm-hmm. now, 79 to 61, right? That's 79 to 61. And yeah. this is the kicker. This is why I love their defense so much. They were shooting 20% for the three-point line. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I love their defense so good. They don't have to make threes. They don't to, have to shoot. They don't have exactly, to shoot. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's in. And they spread the ball around. 19 yes, assists, the bro, around. And then they mm-hmm. 10 steals. Yes. Well, it's intense. That's what I love about Miami. Oh you look at Team the... Is so active. <laughs> yes. It doesn't matter about the threes. They make up... Forget shooting. Forget yeah, shooting. Forget, we're going to play that? great defense, <laughs> and we're going to move the ball around, and we're going to beat the mm-hmm. number two team, 79 to 61. I oh think Miami is going to be fine. Bro. That, that's, and that's, like, that is so tough to do. Like, especially in, in terms of the modern age of shooting, where, where we're seeing that, that, that be at a premium. Like, how much does that stand out to you that... They don't even have to do that well, and they're kind of like an old-school balanced team. And I love that because yeah. we've seen teams like Gonzaga, NCAA, like Houston Rockets, NBA. We see the high school teams try to shoot themselves out of a slump and get away from the fundamentals of basketball. Before the right. three-point shot was there, it was all in the, the paint, all inside the arc. So... I love the way teams can balance that out. And when they're going in a slump, which is three for 15, is definitely a slump. They stop <laughs> shooting the ball from the three-point line. You get inside. You get your big guys involved. You get your, you, you start running plays. And you that's how you get 19 assists. That's how you get 10 steals. You get everybody involved. They're pumped up. They amped. And that's fundamentally sound basketball. That's I mean, definitely. Jerry West would love it. Because Jerry West, oh, yeah, sure. Jerry West is the epitome of fundamentally basketball. Fundamental basketball. Yeah, fundamental basketball. <laughs> the logo. The logo, exactly. <laughs> um, but now transitioning to the NBA and just thoughts on how well the Timberwolves have been playing um, and, and just thoughts on their their overall young core. You know, this team is currently seventh in the West and you know, is threatening to grab one of the top six seeds in the West and could avoid the play-in tournament. And this is just half, a, just a half a game behind the Nuggets for the number six seed and one half games behind Dallas. And the Timberwolves have been able to, to be 24 and 12 at home, average 126.4 points in the last 12 games, and have not scored less than 108 points. But in terms of just some of the positives of this team and some of the standout players that have, that have been the most impressive, 
Um, what have kind of been some of your overall thoughts on how this team has been playing so far this year? Yo, 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 baby, yo, baby. <laughs> they finally got Carl Anthony Towns a backbone. And I think that's the key. Because we all know he's been a good basketball player, but he's been a whiner. He's been through a lot. But it showed when Crowder got in his face and he didn't go anywhere. He, he didn't go anywhere. And he started. He did not go anywhere. Patrick Beverly effect, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. The effect <laughs> is on him. The effect is on him. <laughs> and I, I love Anthony Edwards, too, man. Uh, yes. What a guy. He's a dog. He's a guy who can finish at the rim. He's a good defender. He doesn't care. He's gonna care about none of that. I've what we seen what Jimmy but him and Jimmy Butler got into that little little whatever quarrel. But I love the 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 tenacity. You need that from those guys. And I think it starts with Pastor Beverly. He may get a bad rep, but you need those guys. Gary Payton was that guy, and he's known as what the glove, one of the one of the best defenders that ever played basketball. So you need those guys, and they I think they they're first. There's the starting five is really good. Patrick Beverly, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards. You got Carl Anthony Towns. A new That's a dope. That's a dope starting five. Did he drop like 60 points the other day? Didn't even know he had 60? Yeah. And it, he, he was like, that's news to me. Like, he, he, he was he was shot post-game. He's like, I did that? Like, I don't understand. Like, because coming from a, a communications or whatever uh, standpoint, they, you know, the coaches and the whatever get the, the points that's at halftime. That's always communicated. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you're like, I don't want to know. Like, I don't want to know. I want to get myself out of groove. I don't want to think too much. I, and some players are like that, but LeBron James get the the stats. Oh, he always has. He always has the sheet. He always has the sheet with him. He's always looking down because <laughs> they get him at the every quarter and they get him at halftime. Yeah. So I mean, like, so I was just like, yeah, how did you not know you had sixty points? You it's on the. That. It's on the on on the uh the box. The Wisconsin, mm-hmm. like it shows your points. The players deleted, so I don't know, whatever. But no, I I love the newfound Carl Anthony Towns, and I think Patrick Beverly's bringing that tenacity to Timberwolves and and bringing that that that. And extra sometimes you need a veteran presence. Sometimes, yes. like like, do you feel as though that better bringing a veteran presence is, is one of the things that they were missing? No, I don't. I don't think it was a veteran presence. I think it was a new mindset. Because okay, yeah, Ant- that's a better way to put it. Anthony Edwards is a young guy. He already has that mindset. He's like, man, True. I'm here to play basketball, bro. I'm not here to do yeah. all that. Like, this is this is my mindset. The mentality, exactly. Yeah. So- I think they already had the talent. They just needed Carl Anthony Towns. If he would have had this three, four years ago, Jimmy Butler would have never wanted to leave. <laughs> but <laughs> and Jimmy tried to bring it out of them, but it didn't work. It, he just, it just wasn't yeah, happening. Yeah, it just takes the right person. I think you have the new guy, mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards, the young guy, then you have Patrick Beverly over there. And they, I think they all play good basketball together. But the biggest thing is the mentality is different now. And you can see that through each player, especially the car, Anthony Towns. For sure. And, and now getting into the, the Bulls' recent regression and just you know how they can get back on track. Um, they're they're currently fifth in the East and we're, and we're, we're winless on a recent three game road trip and have lost um, eight of their last ten games and yeah. they've just been experiencing a lot of injuries and ult- ultimate setbacks. But Patrick Williams was able to return, I, I believe, a, a couple Mondays ago after mm-hmm. tearing ligaments in his uh, wrist in the fifth game of the season. But in terms of you know Chicago having recent regression and not being as sharp as a collective, you know this was a team that we were really high on at the start of yeah. the season. But obviously with certain injuries happening and then them trying to like feel back feel players back in. What have kind of been your thoughts on on what they've been dealing with and also how they can turn it around? We spoke too soon. Uh, and I think... True. Well, not... I mean... It's a long season. It's a long season and we never take into account the injuries. Like when you first see a team yeah. going... There's, don't get me wrong. They're still number five. 
They're still in, in number five. Still a solid place yeah, to be 42, in. 31. They're still a, a good in a good good position, but we I think we don't take into account the injuries. We don't want to. We always put that in the back of the head. They're going to be good. Lonzo Ball is out. Le, Le, uh, Zach Levine was out. Alex Caruso is fighting Caruso. an injury. DeMar DeRose is still fighting an injury. Um, it's a couple more guys that come off the bench are fighting injuries. So now you're the guys that you spent all this money on, it's not contributing because they're fighting plaguing injuries. And I think that's the only if you get everybody healthy, they're going to get back to what they were. I mean, they're still in a good spot. So I, I have no red flags. It's just the, the the layout of the game. You're gonna you're gonna have injuries throughout. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna get guys who are not gonna be fully healthy. And I think that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. They still play good basketball. I I still love Nicola. Um, <laughs> he'll he'll Vucevic. yeah. I, I still like him. I feel like him as as the five. I don't think any other guy like Tristan Thompson is still not panning out. I think how they wanted him to do. Um, but other than that, Patrick Williams, Patrick Williams, a bad thing. Javante Green is finally getting into the groove, and then Zach, if he can stays healthy, he's he's still the guy. And I think we talked about that Definitely. when they were, were on their run. Zach is still the guy. Then you add Lonzo. Alex Caruso is a great guy coming off the bench, but now he's in the starting five because Alonzo is out. So once they get everybody healthy, hopefully before um, the playoff starts, they're going to be fine. I think they can make a run for it because we saw how good they were before the injuries. So mm-hmm. I don't have any red flags. It's just the layout of the game. The injuries are going to come. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, when you look at the seeds that, that are above them, like, Miami's yeah. still number one, mm-hmm. and then you know Philly, Milwaukee, Boston. Boston is just literally one game out of the first seed, which is which is crazy to think about. Yes. But like in terms of the top the top <laughs> seeds, like how much how much does that surprise you? Just how quick they've been able to jump around, and also like how important do you think getting that one seed in the East is going to be this year? Because there's a Oof. lot of talented teams I, um, uh, for this season. I don't think it's as important. I, I do okay. I do think you can see how the East doesn't have a predominantly best team just yet. Like yeah. a team that's... The, it's, a, it's a lot of different ones you can pick from. Exactly. And I love that because now we're just not seeing Milwaukee go the distance all the time. Now we see Miami's number one. Then they fluctuate. Philly's back up there even with their turmoil of players in and out and who's going to play, who's doing step, step, back, dribble, dribble. The Milwaukee <laughs> is trying to figure it out. Boston, can they get over the slump? I like that about the East. They don't have a predominant because in the West, we already know who's the guy. We already know. Yeah. It's the Suns. Suns, Suns is in the morning. It's the Suns yeah. all the way. The all, all the way. way. And the Devin Booker just showed. He just stepped up and solidified himself even more. But I love that about the East. I don't think the number one seed is as, an impor- as important. I think everybody mm-hmm. is realizing there's not a number one seed. That we're not completely worried about one team or the other. Everybody we have the to worry about. The best team in basketball is the Suns. Exactly. The best team in basketball is oh, the Suns. <laughs> we know that. Down. <laughs> we know that. Hands down. It's still, Lakers still going to win it, though. I gotta be consistent. You gotta be consistent. You got to. You gotta be consistent. I can't say, oh no. Gotta be consistent. Lakers not gonna win. I chose the Lakers to win. Shaq said, literally, Shaq literally said on his podcast, he said, if 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 the Lakers get the eighth seed and they have to face the Suns with a healthy Lakers team, the Lakers are still gonna win. I'm like Shaq. I'm with it. No, I'm with it. I am with it. They gotta win. I said they're gonna win. They gotta win. They gotta win. Um, but transitioning to the NFL and just kind of thoughts on a, a really surprising trade, Tyreek Hill going to the Dolphins. Oh, wow. um, this trade in, included the Chiefs acquiring five draft picks and a first rounder. And 
contract extension was kind of like the main focal point that led to um, Hill's departure from, Can- from Kansas City. And it's being reported that um, Hill's new extension is for four years and is worth $120 million mm. with $72.2 million guaranteed. But with the Chiefs losing, you know, one of their most dynamic players, but also picking up, you know, Juju uh, Smith-Schuster recently, and also, I think, believe Marquez valdez Scandin. Yep. What are your thoughts on this trade and just how it affects these two teams going forward? Ooh, I think they... It's going to be extremely difficult to replace Tyreek Hill. He's just... Uh, very, uh, very difficult. A player that is just a mismatch. Once in a generation. Yeah, once in a generation. And yeah, he has this, you know, a couple games that he, he'll drop a pass, but he's one of the most consistent wide receivers in the game. And you have the game plan. I don't only seen two or three teams do it once. Game plan perfectly around. Raiders did it one time. I think the Bills did it. And I think Pittsburgh. Patriots. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was the Patriots. Patriots yeah. did it. But other than that, they didn't do it, cons- you know, consecutively or consistently enough to be like, okay. You can do it for a half. Yeah. You can do it for you a half. You do it for a half <laughs> or possibly a game. But it's always, you're going to have, it's, the, what I love about Andy Reid and what I love about Patrick Mahomes, they figure it out. They had a lot of like guys that. in and out and injured last year. And then they started yeah. off really slow, and then we seen how they progressed, and they were quiet because they wanted headliners. Then they went, you know what I mean? They then they shot off in the playoffs. So it's going to be extremely hard to replace them. But I think what I love about football, you can find guys, and I and I think uh, we we look at the athletics, you know, Oakland athletics and baseball, how they go by percentage and numbers, who can. You can get three guys to equal Tyreek Hill. Maybe you don't get the fullness of Tyreek Hill, but I think MVS is a, a great guy who could take it off the top. I think uh, Juju still has some juice left to be able to be a, a one-on-one contender and, and take it off the top and be a goal line presence. Are all these guys going to burn the top off? No, they're not Tyreek Hill, but they can do the little things to make to put their put everybody in a great position. And I think the running game will help them as well. So I think, yeah, you don't replace Tyreek Hill, but you get guys who, who can come close and and have a great playbook to They can still be it. a very good yeah, team. Yeah, for sure. I think the guys yeah. they have are, are good enough, but people are so hellbound about, oh, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill. Yes, he's a great guy. They're, they're yes. just stuck on, yeah, I keep hearing that. Like, like they, they, oh, like they're, they're, not, they're never going to be the same team. I'm like, obviously they're not going to have a player like that again, but they can still be a very elite team. They just have to fit in the right pieces, and they've got some yes. really elite receivers. And they said it the same thing last year. Oh, the Chiefs is not looking like the same Chiefs team from the year a year ago. And they got to the AFC Championship. Exactly. <laughs> so it's all, <laughs> that's what I love about Andrew. They figure it out. They utilize everybody. Yeah. So they're they're going to be fine. It's going to take them some time to to get everybody acclimated and get it, you know, with the playbook and try to try to find new ways to get the playmakers the ball. But they're going to be fine. But I love what the Dolphins are doing. And I like that. They're bu- they're building something. There's word out there. They said it's confirmed, hundred percent. It'll come out on Monday that Tom Brady's going to trade it to the Dolphins. <laughs> Whoa! And I was I was reading to make sure that Uh-oh. was true. So Tom Brady, how do you feel about that? I love it. I love yes, it. He, I do. I do too. He and and it it, it kind of felt like what he did in Tampa like was enough. Yeah, I, I did feel as though like he's always. It's like it's like that almost like that that LeBron like type of of plan and structure where he's always thinking like what's the next destination I can go to and impact a different team I, and I love that and he's going to a great situation too. great situation and that, who, that would be phenomenal who doesn't want to throw to Tyreek Hill who doesn't oh, want to throw to Jalen Waddle like it's like and then you get if Raheem Mustard is healthy 
that I, I hope they do the one stretch zone. That's where he's best at, and they do a little a little pitch pitch stuff to him. Their offense is going to be phenomenal. Now the defense, on the other hand, they're still they're top twenty in pass. I mean, in rushing and and and, and pass uh, pass defense. But I think they're still yeah. going to need some a little more help. But the offense looks good. Tom, if Tom Brady he's is going to be in the there, same division with the Patriots, yes. Oh, that's going to be Whoa. that's going to be and the Bills. <laughs> and look, I know and the Bills <laughs> and the Bills. <laughs> Man, that's gonna be something else. So that nine wow. and eight, that nine and eight overall last year, four and two the AFC East, I think that'll definitely change if Tom Brady's there. I don't have complete, you know, confidence in Tua. He's still young. Not he can't yet. throw a wide receiver open. I don't yet. feel like you would be a Tyreek Hill if Tua was still your quarterback. No, no. <laughs> and I think he it's probably a most I I mean, obviously I'm gonna choose the Dolphins over the Jets. Come on. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm going to choose the, the Dolphins over yeah. the Jets because I know the wide receiver core is better and I know the quarterback situation is a little better than what it's going to be with the Jets. But I think mm-hmm. now if Tom Brady goes over, I think Tyra Hill's like, okay, I got another yes. chance. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah, got, a I got a chance. I got a chance. Though, but yeah, I think both teams are going to be fine, going to be good. And I think both teams won, to be honest, because they got a couple draft picks from that. So I think both teams won. And if the Dolphins are about to get the greatest quarterback of all time, they definitely won. <laughs> and he's still, and it's not like he's been like, <laughs> it's been the offseason. So it's not like he's mm-hmm. been out of the game for like two, three years trying to come back. Literally, right. it was two months ago. So, <laughs> so he's going, he's still fresh. He's still 40 days, yeah. of 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> and then, oh, I heard, not I heard, but you know, they were, him and Julian Elliman was, um, Working out together. Practicing. Uh-oh. Yeah, what would that be Here like if Julian Elliman could come back and be on the oh, Dolphins with him? Yeah, man. that's going to be good. But I don't oh, think it. I'm sc- gonna, scary yeah. hours in Miami. <laughs> scary hours. And I think he loves Florida so much. He was like, you know what? I'm just going to go across town. I just want to say Florida. I just want to say Florida. <laughs> I'm going to go across town about two hours away. It's his fault. Tampa Bay's going to be so upset at that. Like, really? You got to... <laughs> Um, but but now transitioning to, to Deshaun Watson's new fit with the Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. and just kind of the initial reactions to it... Um, and this pickup, you know, really alters their franchise trajectory in a major way. The Texans are sending a 2024 fifth-round pick to the Browns in the trade as well. Mm. And Cleveland set to give um, Watson a, a new five-year, $230 million contract, and he received $184 million over the first four years. But in terms of, of just the, this initial uh, uh, trade, and also, you know, kind of, you know, the news of him not facing criminal charges, yeah. but still possibly facing pun- punishment from the NFL, and the 22 c- civil cases that came with it, what are kind of some of your overall thoughts on, on this so far in, th- in this new destination for him? Oh, okay. <clears throat> I'm interested why he chose the Browns. Yeah. Uh, um, I know the running game is going to be really well, but it's there's numerous like red flags, especially with the offensive line one. The wide receiver core is not as strong. Um, yeah, you get Amari Cooper, but you get a discount on Amari Cooper. David Njoku hasn't came to his fruition just yet. We've been talking about him for the past three to five years, hard knocks. Even when Hugh Jackson was there, we talked when he was a rookie, like he still hasn't got to that point where, okay, he's one of the top five tight ends in the league. So you go to a situation, running game is going to be good, but your wide receiver core, it's it's not existing in your defense doesn't show up most games. I think they're number 25 overall. So you go, I don't understand why you go to that situation. I, and it's nothing in Cleveland. What do you, what do you want to do in Cleveland? Like get a hot dog. You could have got a hot dog in Atlanta. <laughs> they got Marcus Mariota. Like what's going Come on, on here? Like, you could 
You could have went to Atlanta. I was expecting to see Deshaun in Atlanta, honestly. I don't, I don't get the pick because they still have Baker on the roster. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Ah, make it make sense. That don't make sense at all. Because <laughs> when I was like, okay, Atlanta might be a better fit for him. I think the defense yeah. is getting stronger. The wide receiver core. I mean, obviously, Calvin Ridley is going to be out of the year, but they have draft picks. They can get young guys in there. You, Yeah, it adds up. It adds up. You go to the Browns, and we can say the same thing. They can get younger guys, but they don't have the money now. They just spent it on Amari Cooper. They just spent it on – they might get some back in the trade if they get Baker out of there, but I don't think they'll get much yeah. for Baker. Nobody wants Baker. Nobody wants a quarterback who averages two interceptions a game. Nobody wants that. You're their off-brand of Brett Favre. You know what I mean? Like, I was big on Baker when he came out of Oklahoma, but that has definitely changed over the That's years. That's died down. That has died down quick. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I, I just don't understand the pick. I think they'll be okay. I think they'll may, may win eight games, but I don't understand the terminology. It's just going to be a middling team that, be, that could possibly barely get into the postseason, but it's not going to be one of those elite AFC teams. No, and then I think... Browns fans are going to be disappointed yet another year. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and now getting into kind of just thoughts, um, another instant trade uh, with Matt Ryan heading to, to the Colts. Mm. Um, the Colts were able to acquire him for, from the Falcons in exchange for a 2022 third-round pick on Monday. And Ryan spent the first, obviously the first 14 seasons of his career with Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Indi- Indianapolis is hoping that they can get, like, another elite season out of him. But in terms of just this trade and what it does for both teams. We're seeing Matt Ryan in the later stages of his career. How do you think this benefits the Colts and obviously like what this means for Atlanta with a new quarterback and Marcus Mariota? Oh, this makes things so much easier for the Colts. Yes. And you look at the the running game. (laughs) I think they were number one or number two in rushing. And then you look at the passing. They were 28th in the league. 32 teams. They were number 28. So... I do think Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. I used to always hate on Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan suck. But you look at all his accomplishments he's done with the Atlanta Falcons off and on, the guy is a good quarterback. And I think he has some decent weapons in a a good offensive line. Oh, my gosh. They have a good offensive line. Quinn Nelson is the best left guard. best. Inside guard in the league right now. It's no one better than him. I don't care. He was injured for a couple games this year, but he's still the best offensive line. But you they have Michael Pittman at Paris Campbell. They have a couple other guys that are unknown, but they can blow the top off. And then when you have Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines right behind him, the running game is going to be good. They just needed a quarterback. Phillip Rivers wasn't it. Um, who Jacob Brissett wasn't it. We've, we've seen that a couple years. He wasn't it. So they finally got a seasoned veteran quarterback who still have juice left in the tank, who can manage the... All f- they were missing. Yeah, who can manage the football and who could give you wins if given the opportunity and given it the right playbook and the right... You know what I mean? It's I think it go, it's going to... It's ideal. When they win the Super Bowl, I'm not saying that. They will win at least 10, 10 games. I believe they can win at least 10, 11 games. Definitely. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. And now to start off with our first album review, 
I would sire read the kids the shadow and the shade. Um, in this new album, you know, we see how he's able to deliver lyrics with precision and intent. Um, he discusses family and relationship relationships a lot in songs like Lock the Bottom uh, Lock in a Gym, mm-hmm. features like Lloyd Banks, Ransom, Jada Kiss, and Big Crit, in addition to just an expansive track list. Um, he uses a lot of familiar MCs to collaborate with. But to you, just like what are some of your thoughts on this album and you know how it was put together overall? Yo, fire. I'm a big fan of Sai. Yes. Eats. Yeah, and he showed more of his versatility of bars. And we already know mm-hmm. he was, you know, articulate. He was a, a lyricist, but his bars, like, I know he has bars, but he does it. And, like, his, so most of his songs are in, like, a catchy phrase because he's been in the game a long time, if you don't know. Oh, yeah. He started with Cash Money, and then he has a bunch of albums and stuff like that. He was very bar-heavy. And then he got into the little singy whatever. But this album, he really flaunted his his writing. But yeah, he his pen is nice, man. <laughs> Size fire, bro. And then his and just looking at the features, like he always like his last. I want I don't know if you want to call it an album, but he had um ah oh, what's his name Pastor Troy on like a couple of oh, songs. Yes. And I'm like, yo, I haven't heard Pastor Troy That's- rap in so long. <laughs> and Pastor Troy is like authentically South and he's so good. Yeah. So it's just like <laughs> him having like the OGs hop on the track like Jadakiss is extremely difficult to get Jadakiss on a song. And he has to rock with your music to hop on it. So him having Jadakiss, even, uh, even Lloyd Banks, like Lloyd Banks say rapped in about 20 years since G-Unit. Just, just G-Unit. <laughs> and then he had a bunch. It's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a minute. And then I love Saha the Prince. He's bro. He's just so lyrically sound too. And he be having bars and you get Ti on there. Who had the best feature to you? Ooh, Jada. Or one of the best features. Jada Kiss. Yeah, for sure. I, it's Benny the Butcher's verse wasn't that. It wasn't bad. I think it it was really dope. But it's just yeah. how his mannerisms. Like he talk like this. Like it's like it's just it's it just sounds appealing. I don't know why. It does. <laughs> he sound like he need to clear his throat like he just smoke cigarettes all his life like, <laughs> like, like a commercial read like a commercial read <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> but it sounds so dope bro it's just like you know it's I mean Jada Kiss has the and to have this this many good tracks on a 21 song album yes. man and keep you he, engaged he delivered. Keep you, I think yes. it was like one time like dang how many songs on this but you can still you like continue to play it I listened to it when I was working out and I was like, all right, okay. Because I didn't know he dropped the album. And I saw it on the, the you know, when you send me the stuff. And I was like, oh, he dropped the album? Because I keep listening. I know Savon sometimes wonder, man, how does Williams keep up with all this right, music? Right, <laughs> bro. Because I'm like, I listen to his music all the time. And I didn't see anything pop up. And I was like, oh, crap. Let me go listen to it. And I was like, like, I think the 14th song, I was like, how many songs? I'm here, 21? <laughs> like, okay, all right, I guess I'll keep listening. I was like, oh, yeah, these fire. Like, it's like... It's fire, bro. It, it, that, that's that's the thing that impressed me the most about it. Like, in terms of of, of being able to do that, keeping, it, keeping like, listeners engaged for that long, like, do you feel as though you have to kind of have, like, supreme confidence in the in the content you're putting out? Yeah, and you got to have a balance. You got to have the, the catchy songs, the boom-pap songs. Yeah. You got to have the songs that really... Make people think you like when he was talking about his uncle and like like how do you like uh prepare for somebody's funeral who's still alive? Like that hit me. I'm like, bro, that's, that's different. Tough. So it's just like you gotta have those little like little gems here and there to keep people like, okay, like he's very wise. Gotta have those those songs, catchy songs, like, okay, boom, like that. Cause like, y'all, y'all. Like, you know, he has that different what's oh, yeah. that different pitch and different thing pocket he can go into, but like. You need all of those elements if you're gonna have a 21 song album. After the, after the 13th song, I'm like, mm, I don't know if I want to listen to more. 
So like to have 21 songs and it be engaging and it hit every time, then yo, that's extremely difficult to do. I'm still sure. learning that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and now getting into Dave East, how did I how did I get here? Review in this album, just a lot of intro, introspection turns into opening the corridors of his experiences in life. Um, he's able to you know execute this very effortlessly in, in songs like Deeper Than Love, um, Don't Let Me Down, and just highlights the theme of fidelity and faith along with theism and relationships. But what were kind of some of your takeaways from this album and some of the key songs? Because th- this was a much shorter type of project, yes. um, but but he was adding adding a lot of different nuances into it. I guess Benny the Butcher is very popular these days. Huh? Everybody's got a picture from Benny the Butcher. Okay. Um, first of all, precise number of songs, nine. Yes. I like the number. Rarely see that. Yes, especially from a guy who's already solidified in the game, who portrays Method Man like nobody else's business. Um, I love, at first it took me a minute to like, now I'm, I want to say I'm a fan of Davies. It took me a minute to like dive into his catalog. So I listened to this yeah. and I was like, okay, this is really dope. And then I listened to some old stuff. You could tell the difference a little bit. Um, yes. but I, but I, very, very distinct difference. Yeah. But, but I think he's in a different time and space. So he's talking about like, how did I, and I love, I th- I love the reflection of this album. And him going through all this stuff because he come from a, you know a tough background as well, so it's just like having that element of just realizing where he's came from and where he's going. I love that when artists do that, you just reflect. And I think nine songs—if you could do that in nine songs—and you can reflect on your whole career, your whole life in nine songs. Once again, that's extremely difficult that's to do. That's an accomplishment because you want to you want to say everything in so many like so many songs to so be like ah should I add another song to get my point across cuz like I guess that's how I think because I create I do music like I'm writing like an essay or a book or whatever so did I get all the information I wanted in there should I add another song should I do this and that mm. so if you do that in nine songs bro that's extremely gift that's yeah for sure bro. and not overthink it so yeah I love I love this have album. Have Music Soul Child on here. Have Music Soul Child, Anthony Hamilton. He has some good features. Yo, he has some great features. Who, yes. who does that? Nobody, no rapper is doing that anymore. Except Earth Gang, because they had Music Soul Child in their album, and that song was fire. Huff. And to have those two, them, they're OGs too, man. Like Music Soul Child and Anthony Hamilton. And those songs were really dope too. So you like, that's a different element because Music Soul Child has his own particular sound that nobody else can do. And you add that to it, and Anthony Hellman, he's a, in the part. Like, his voice is kind of raspy, too. <laughs> and it sounds really well. So, like, you add all those elements into your album, bro, and then you can really, like, be cohesive with their sound and your sound. And I always say this. Like, that's hard. Like, I'm giving his flowers. Like, this is hard to do. Oh, yeah. Music this is hard is to pull off. Hard, this is very hard bro. to pull off. Man. Music is hard, yeah. especially, like, getting those, that old, I guess you could call that old music, old R&B. Yeah, yeah, that's extremely difficult. But when you can bring old R and B in, that's always the, the pinnacle. I mean, that that's just that's that's always a great added element. Oh, for sure. And then I think the one feature that kind of like not even made me scratch my head. It was just like, oh, okay. Uh, I think his name the Callan for real, for real guy. Oh yeah, Cal- Callan for real. I thought that was. I was like, ah, do they music match up together? Like, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't. That's the only wasn't. feature I was like. Mm, okay, all right. Kind of question. Yeah, it was like, oh, okay. I mean, the truth, in the trade of truth, obviously. And then Benny the Butcher, obviously, they got the same type of, you know, vibes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're on match effortlessly. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. 
definitely. Um, and now transitioning to, to Simone's Divine Mistakes review, um, in her debut project, you know, we're able to see the theme she's carrying with her. She highlights feelings of regret in a song like Jealous and also, you know, covers moments in life where you have to move on. I'm um, in tracks like Ball Out. Um, and music isn't even on, on in, isn't her only talent as, you know, she's also an actress and in the, the new show Bel Air. But how do you kind of feel about the, the, this uh, debut project and just this kind of being the starting point for her career going forward? You know what, bro? I knew she looked for me. I haven't watched yeah. the new... Uh, Bel Air. <laughs> yeah, Bel Air or whatever. But I was like, she looks familiar. She looked familiar. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know that girl from somewhere. <laughs> Maybe she's from Pensacola. I don't know though. But... <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a feature? <laughs> hey, no, no, no. Exactly. No, for real. Exactly. No, nah, I thought it was... Yeah, my brother out. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was dope, man. I thought it was... A, um... I, think it was I thought it was decent. Um, yeah. I think I, you can tell you can tell it's our first project. Yeah, and she has a lot of room for improvement, but that's yeah. the best thing about it. You don't want to cap out early mm-hmm. and have this amazing album and you have nowhere to improve or now your expectations higher. So you you this, I, I don't want I want to say this mediocre or what did uh <laughs> what did Reese say the other week? This was uh, dangerously mid. Dangerously <laughs> mid. Yo. Bro, that was still the was so funny man. best description of ever her album ever. <laughs> Dangerously mid. This was like a decent, you know, debut uh, mm-hmm. project. I think she has a lot of room for improvement, and which is really, really good. But I, I like a couple of songs like "Ball Out." Was like you said, that was pretty good. Tough. Um, "Cherry Pie" was different, but I liked it. Yeah. Um, I think that. Uh, yeah, lonely was okay. I like lonely, mm-hmm. um, but like I said, you know, she has a lot of room for improvement, which is not a bad thing. It's a great thing. Now you know yeah. what you what you where you going, where you're heading, how people are perceiving your music. But I mean, even when we did a review of, of Trevor Jackson's the, the Love Language last year, yeah. like he's also an actor, and then like she's an actress. Like in terms of like when you yeah. have a, a young a young star like having to balance like how much music they're going to put out and also in, in what they're acting in, like. Like for her, like, do you feel so? The, 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 it's going to be like one of those things where it's kind of like a balance to see, like, how do I want to just navigate my acting career and also what I'm doing and putting out music and trying to evolve as a musician. You know, she's going to have to pick one. Yeah, that's going to be tough because it's it's difficult to. It's like the obviously acting is a whole different level of lifestyle and music a whole different level of lifestyle. You're like you you see all these comedians like Reggie Cuz or whatever. He was he mm-hmm. did music for a little bit, then he dropped that, and he just continued to comedy comedy because it's extremely difficult to break through in music. It's easier to do comedy. It's easier to do acting because there's so many platforms now. But music is one of the hardest that's, things that's to different. do. So yeah. yeah, she has popularity because of the show, but people still see you as this. Like we said it with Trevor Jackson. I didn't know Trevor Jackson was an artist until. Um, when he was in the show, uh, Cop Gronish, Gronish, yeah, Gronish. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, he's a musician. He's he's a, he's a guy who does music. Oh, I knew Diggy did music, obviously, because Diggy mm-hmm. started as an artist. Then yeah. he got into acting. But I know Diggy from music. I know Trevor Jackson from acting. So when you mm-hmm. you sometimes you can't differentiate but differentiate between the two because you're so used to them singing on the screen and you don't really take the music seriously. She's like, oh, okay, that was dope, but I'm not going to listen to it again because you're not in my regular rotation and your music's not good enough to get in my regular rotation. 
So she's yeah. going to pick one. She's going to my music That's career. That's going to be a tough, exactly. a tough pick. Because you got to go all the way in in music. Like, you cannot, like, have one of your foot in yeah. and out. No, bro. <laughs> music is tough to do. So, yeah, yeah I think she's going to realize how hard it is. And just because you're popular in this realm doesn't mean you're going to be a popular in the music realm. Totally different. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and now transitioning to, to Child's Hope for Sale review. Um, in his debut album from last year, you know, he was kind of able to deliver um, a genre-fluid style and included just a lot of um, experimental soundscapes and songs like Lotus and Wasting Time are mm -hmm. kind of amazing examples of how effortless, effortlessly produced this was. But in terms of just just like the overall feel of this album and some of the features, you know, even in like Mahalia and, and Jensen McRae, uh, what were kind of some of your takeaways? My favorite. His music, like I first started with him on, uh, I think it was uh, Synthetic Soul. Yes. And there's so many OVP. like, Count Me Out was like, you know, anyway. But like this album gave me the same vibes and I love he stayed true to himself and he didn't go commercial. Like some of like, like, I'm big on that, bro. If you started this way, don't let nobody conform you. Stick with it. Stick with it. And you see, yeah. and I always go back to Summer Walker. I always do this. You see the difference of her second album and then her third album. It was an album. And it... The latest one. Yeah, it did way better than the second. Like, because she went back. Yeah, it had some, some, some DNA of commercial, but the authenticity was her sound she started with. And yeah. I love that child stayed with his specific sound. He didn't change. He, he changed in a way, like obviously how you, you know, arrange songs in the, the production or whatever the case may be, but he stayed true to his natural sound. And I love that. And I love this album. He's a vibe. He's a vibe. He's a vibe, bro. He's a vibe. Is he from? Like Gone, Sleepwalking, yes. Eventually. Yes. My goodness, yes. bro. Like these Weightless. were just some of them amazing. Yes. Awake. Flawless tracks. I'm a huge fan of Mahali. Like, oh my Ma God. Mahalia, bro. Her voice Mahalia, is so We even good. reviewed one of her albums, bro. She is yes. flawless. Yes. And like, yeah, her music, yeah, bro. She's a vibe too, bro. And she's really funny. Like I saw someone in an interview. She's really, really funny. I know she she's was, so funny. I didn't know she was that young either. I think she's like 22, 23. I'm like, yo. Yeah. What? You're that young? Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I feel older now. <laughs> but yeah, he's, I think, isn't he from Toronto? Yeah, he's from Toronto. Yeah. So like, yeah, Toronto got music, man. They got music, bro. They got, they got some, I love Majid Jordan, a child. Um, it's a guy named, we need to review his. Oh, what's his title? I don't know if you heard of him. His name is Raheem. Well, I just start playing one of his songs. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Raheem. He's... Don't sue us, Raheem. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't sue us. But... <laughs> Wait, this podcast called Full Scope? Play you give me credit for it? I want to interview. <laughs> but no. <laughs> he's worked with Division. He's worked with Drake. Oh, I got to listen to him. Yeah, he's worked with Division. He works with Drake. Um, listen to um, his EP, uh, Fear of the Unknown. You know I'm a fan of EPs. You know yeah, I'm a, a fan I of EPs. Yeah, I think you bro. would like it. It's a, it's definitely a All vibe. Right. He has a, another single after that. But yeah, it's a Toronto this, has some this, music. Very good album. This was a very good. Oh, album. for sure, yeah, bro. This was a this is a rotation, especially like when I'm on night drives or I'm going into work and I just want to vibe out. Yeah, I put on time. And that's the thing. He sticks. He's able to stick with his core sound. Like, do you feel as though like that's the way he's gonna be able to continue to stay an elite artist is like not deviating because like obviously whenever we see artists go commercial, they kind of get away from that in a, in, a, in a little aspect. You were even talking about with Lucky Day's yeah. album 
and Candy Trip, you, you didn't you felt as though it was like more of a commercial album. Like, do you feel as though for a child, like that's what he has to do to stay in that like kind of elite position? I think so. I think if I think who who said this? Um, Black said this. He was like, if I do something that they want me to do and they and people like it, I'm gonna have to continue to do that. Mm. If Lucky Day, if people like that sound and he doesn't rock with it fully, but his label is telling me you need to switch up your sound and you don't want to do that, but you're like kind of forced because they won't drop music and then people like it, you got to have to continue to do it and you're going to fall out of love with music because you're not doing the music that you, the same music that you got, got you into doing music in the first place. Like your core sound. It's, it's going to alter you. It's going to it's gonna give it, have a bitter taste in your mouth because I'm not doing the music I want to do. And that's a, a, a gazillion artists can say they, they've done that in the music game. And I hope Child doesn't do that. Lucky Day's done it. Um, there's a bunch of artists that I used to listen to and I'm like, I listen to them now like, bro, that is not the same person I listened to back in 18 or 19 or even like 16, 17. Like, that you're not, this, obviously you're going to progress, but you still can progress in your own sound of music. This is this is why I like Smino. Smino has been the exact same since he got into music. Definitely. And since now, he's not changing. He's hasn't deviated. He hasn't deviated. And I love that. And I still continue to live. I'm a fan of Smino. Even even his Air Force One game. Like, bro, how many Air Force Ones do you got? Who's custom <laughs> customizing your Air Force One? We need to know, man. We didn't know who's customizing. I get their number. Because I'm not even big Air Force Ones, but I wear them just because they customize. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that definitely makes a difference, man. You don't you don't want to do something you, you gotta continue to do. Like, yeah, mm-mm. for sure. Um, and after listening to, to PJ Morton's uh, My Peace review, um, and this new track that featured JoJo and Mr. Talkbox, which is kind of less of a traditional R&B selection, but just a refreshing anthem for self-care as, you know, mm. choosing yourself before ever choosing someone else. And it's just really a dynamic tune that, you know, the dynamic tune that inter- interpolates the blaring horns from um, an outcast track. But what were kind of some of your thoughts on this, in this new track and, and the overall feel of it? Ooh, I forgot who was telling me about this track before I saw it. They was like, oh, he got a song with JoJo. Oh, AJ. AJ Bro was telling oh, me that. Yeah. Nice. Because when we, we met a couple weeks ago, he was down at the vinyl in Pensacola mm-hmm. here. He was like, oh, man, I'm thinking about going to PJ Morin. And he was like, he got a song with JoJo, too. I'm like, like, JoJo? Like, KC and JoJo? <laughs> and I'm like, bro, that's going to be trash. He was like... <laughs> <laughs> I love your initial thoughts. Like, oh, no. Nope. I'm a podcaster. I do reviews every week. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because have you heard Casey and JoJo lately? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Disgusting. I know, I know. I know what you mean. Sound like they're gargling lava. Like, yo, bro, no. <laughs> so he was like, JoJo, like, get out right now. I was like, oh, yeah, that's going to be fire. And I listened to it, and I was like, oh, this is a vibe. This, like you it said, was a it's vibe, bro. different, but it's a vibe. PJ Morton, man, that boy can sing. JoJo can he sing, too. Yeah. And he's great live too. I've saw like a couple of clips of people putting on their Snapchat and Instagram of that same vinyl show. I'm like, oh, that's not no auto tools or nothing like that's rage. He's doing that in person. So yeah, I like PJ. Murray. How tough that's another thing. Like when an artist is able to to translate what they do in their music live, I mean, that's that's the, that, that's just the signs of a rare, unique artist. Cause I mean, he's able to do that consistently. Yeah, and that's true talent. A lot of people yes. rely on <laughs> Auto twos and verbs mm-hmm. and all they this stuff. They get exposed. Exactly. <laughs> National anthem. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Wait, can we put a pin? Who? 
ideal it was for Macy Gray to see the national anthem. Ooh, like LeBron was trying to hold his laugh in like so hard. <laughs> He's like, really? Bro, Macy Gray ain't sung since 1925. Like, what, what's going on here, bro? Since the Roaring Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> since the Prohibition. <laughs> But yeah, that's crazy. But no, man, you get exposed. Ashanti was exposed at one point. Um, there's a bunch of other artists. Fergie obviously was exposed. But you know, and it's it's dope to see like raw talent and then be able to because I think he obviously started in the church too. So like him having that raw talent, he's got that edge. Yeah. That's an advantage. That's an advantage. Oh, bro. for sure. Because you don't have no auto tunes in the church. You gotta uh, have strict no. talent. <laughs> We, 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 we have seen a lot of many church services where people have not been. Oh, to... <laughs> they didn't get enough sleep. They didn't get enough sleep. We, we knew you were staying up Saturday night. <laughs> they should have drunk some hot tea before they got on that stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bless their heart. <laughs> <laughs> but but and, and, and last thing, like in terms of like when different artists combine and and you you're not really sure of like how they can can mesh. Like, is it one of those things where like just kind of observing what they've done in the past is why sometimes it's kind of like people are hesitant to, to like be like excited for like a new type of collaboration. Mm, um, I think when you look at their catalog and you know yeah. they have... Compare it. Yeah, and they compare it and it was like, I don't know, like we'll go back to this example. <laughs> um, Division mm-hmm. and um, Ty Dollar Sign. Ty Dollar Sign. You look at both of their catalogs, we know this is not going to work. It's not going to happen. And they did it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and you scratch your head a little bit. But, like, if you look at JoJo, JoJo can really sing. You you have videos on YouTube, whatever, her singing live. She has range. And then PJ Morton, boy, we know he got range. So those, those oh, yes. actual singers coming together and they can write, oh, it's going to be good because both of their catalogs are going to be fire. Yeah, it's going to be fire. It's going to be vibe. And I think... What they did, it was not like mm-hmm. an ideal, like, oh, this is what we expect from them. I think that was the best part of it because we didn't expect this type of sound coming out of both of them, but it worked and it had a message behind it. And that's what you want out of like singers. You want a, like a song to have a message behind it and that's what they delivered. Definitely. Yeah. Um, that wraps it up for today. I'm your host, Winsor Burns, along my counterpart, Save Morris. This has been Full Scope. See you later.